Welcome to our January 23rd service here at First Love Ministries with the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois. Reverend Jonathan Warren titled his sermon today, Social Gospel. Our special music titled Gracious Spirit, Dwell With Me is performed by the Chancel Choir. Our first scripture reading comes to us from 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. And our gospel reading is taken from Luke 4, 14 through 21. We pray that you have a joyful week coming up and that you are safe from COVID. All in your family are healthy and at peace. God bless. The scripture reading is from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 27. Let us listen to the word of God. <clears throat> For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
gospel lesson today comes from Luke chapter 4, beginning with the 14th verse. Let us listen to the word of God today. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed Go free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we work through the lectionary this year, we're reading through the gospel according to Luke. Of the four gospels, Luke is my favorite. Today's scripture reading really gets at at why I like this gospel so much. As Annette said, Jesus goes to the synagogue in his hometown and reads from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of the sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. 
And he preaches the shortest sermon in history, saying, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And then he sits down. Since I'm not Jesus, I'll have to talk a little bit more to get my point across. But what Jesus is trying to tell the people and what Luke shows again and again as he tells the story of Jesus' life is that he is here for the underdogs. Jesus is one who values those who aren't valued in society. Our God is a God for all people. And our calling as Christians is to go forth and do likewise. The Gospel of Luke is a social gospel, one that focuses on turning social norms upside down. Luke makes sure that you know that Jesus is a rabble-rouser. Because of this, this gospel is one that particularly connects with people who are on the fringe of society. Jesus' message is one of freedom, of equality, of healing. Now imagine what kind of power this would have for a woman, someone who's marginalized, who's in a caste system, who's enslaved, or who's defined by a social position or physical limitation. Many of the stories Luke shares, are, uh, he shares about Jesus who ministers directly to these people. For example, only in Luke's gospel do we find the story of the ten lepers whom Jesus heals. Imagine what it would be like if you were a leper or if you felt like a leper, someone marginalized by society, someone who's been pushed outside of the community walls, and you read this story about Jesus' miraculous healing. Only in Luke's gospel do we find the story of the prodigal son. Imagine what it would be like to read about someone who messed up, who gave away all they had, only discover later that they were wrong then still would be joyfully welcomed home again by the Father? Now, in contrast, the Beatitudes in Matthew says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But Luke clearly states Jesus' blessings are for the actual poor. He says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Matthew says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. But in Luke, blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. And Jesus gives warnings to the rich and those who are full now. Luke wants to make sure that we know that Jesus loves those down and out, the poor and the hungry, the misfits and the outcasts, the oppressed and bullied. Can you see how this message can change an entire people? Jesus says, God has sent me to bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, and let the oppressed go free. Jesus is proclaiming a new way, that the kingdom of God is for the poor, the hungry, the captive, the oppressed. Imagine you can see how people struggling under Roman oppression could feel a sense of freedom. How it could speak to those who do not have a voice how it could lift up those struggling with ailment or addiction, how it might inspire those on the autism spectrum or who are neurodiverse, how it could encourage those who are shackled, imprisoned, or enslaved. This is a powerful gospel because it changes the way the world operates, the deep-seated threads of a society and the very reason Jesus is unpopular among those in power or among those who don't want societal norms to change. 
Now, even though we know these stories very well, it can be a little difficult for us to relate to lepers or prodigal sons. At the same time, we can understand how it might feel when we just don't fit in with those around us. Jesus' acceptance of all people, especially those whom the world labels as lepers and outcasts, is is a call that the church is called to continue today. It's our obligation as a church to recognize where we fit, to let go of any power we might have, just as Paul said in our 1 Corinthians 12 reading, for in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Now, this is too simplistic of a metaphor, but one of my favorite coming-of-age movies was The Breakfast Club. I loved its cast of characters who didn't really fit together. This John Hughes movie came out in the 80s and told the story of five high school students in detention together. Each student represents a different social group in their high school, had the nerd and the tough guy, an outcast, a jock, and a rich, pretty girl. As each student tells their story, you learn each of them feels like they don't fit in. And even though the nerd wishes he were cool like the jock, the jock isn't happy with his situation either. None of the students fits into the molds that they've been given to by their parents, and and they discover that the tough kid actually has it very rough at home. With abusive parents, his tough exterior hides a deep inner pain, and he acts out because of the poor quality of his family life. The nerd tells the reason he's there is because he wanted to commit suicide. He had too much pressure from his parents. The jock's in detention because he played a prank on another kid. He was getting pressure from his dad to be tough. The outcast is in detention because she has nothing better to do. She doesn't have any friends. Now, it's surprising to me that this movie and many like it are so popular. They're about youth who don't fit in. Maybe that's how we all feel as teenagers, like we don't quite fit. We don't measure up to our parents' expectations. We don't really know who we really are. They remind us that we're not alone in our feelings, not fitting in. There are people who feel and experience this their whole lives. Now, while Luke's my favorite gospel, it also makes me the least comfortable because Jesus' social gospel warns people like me, woe to you who are rich, woe to you who are full now. It's as simple as grade school, though. It means we can't always do the popular things. We need to take care of the least, the poor, those without power, those struggling, those cast aside. That's the warning. For everyone is important in God's kingdom, especially the least. Paul continues in his letter to the Corinthians. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, 
that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. There was a Catholic church with a homeless man who sat in the back. Everyone seemed to be welcoming and loving and caring to this man. When they had communion, they shared a common cup. Now, this is pre-COVID, of course. The priest would hold it out for all to drink from. They would stand in line and come down. When the homeless man came up for communion in the line, he, like most before him, drank from this common cup. However, then everyone after him in line, even though they welcomed him, cared for him, didn't drink from the common cup. Now, in the midst of the pandemic, we all understand why, but I wonder what Jesus would do if he were in the line behind this man. Jesus says that he's here to fulfill the scripture, to bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, to let the oppressed go free. You know what he'd do. Certain he would drink from that common cup. Maybe that's where we see that the kingdom of God is still yet to come. When God's kingdom reigns on earth, all people will drink together. No matter our background, no matter uh, our riches or our poorness, he's here to release the captives. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't try or do some of these things now. Our church, our body is called to do things that, that don't fit into the world's mold. Luke is the social gospel and gives us glimpses of the kingdom of God. It, it wasn't popular to stand up against slavery because much of the nation's economy centered around it. We should be an example of how to be better stewards of what we've been given and now wait until we have an, and not wait until we have an economic crisis. It wasn't ever popular to speak against apartheid, to hide Jews and addicts during the Holocaust, or to fight for women's rights. The church, the body, should be taking care of our earth before we use up all of our resources. The church, our, uh, the body, should be helping those who are poor, those who are hungry. As we recognize the important message of this social gospel and our important role in it, let us fulfill Christ's proclamation. If anyone feels like a misfit, an outcast, or estranged, we're the ones to tell them that they're part of Christ's body, that they have a place in our church family. Christ's message is our message, and in following Christ, we're called to live out Christ's social gospel, to bring about God's kingdom, to change our world our jobs, at our homes, wherever we interact. We're called to bring good news to the poor, release to the captives, and let the oppressed go free. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The congregation and visitors can now enter through the east or north doors. Our in-person service starts at 10 a.m., we do, however, ask that you keep your mask on while moving about in the building. In the sanctuary, there are two sections, one for vaccinated and one for unvaccinated individuals.
The ushers will guide you to the section of your choice. Those in the vaccinated section can now sing without a mask. Join us at www.facebook.com slash slash and join our Monday First Press Jacks community group which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. This is a question, answer, and sharing group with the pastor. This is a private room, and you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link. Just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 9.55 a.m. You can visit www.firstpresjax.org slash donate and make your contribution there. Or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You also can contribute through your bank using bill pay. If an account number is needed, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T. P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. 